Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Ray! Hi, Hi, Z. Hi, Z. Welcome to the kitchen here in the Casa de Marais. Mm, where there is a potty on the table. No, it's a bumbo. It's oh. a baby seat that means they don't fall over. Oh, yes, I see that now. If you went potty in that, your bottom would be swimming in wee. Ah, right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I have made a mistake. Now, my love, mm. what about last week? We just, uh, a couple of minutes about Adam Goods, bit of a throwaway. This isn't going to become a thing. Oh, oh what a thing it became. What I was even thing. sort of called an apartheid racist on Media Watch last night. Were you on Media Watch last night? They played a bit of me on the telly saying exactly what we said here in the potty, but, you know, slightly longer, more table-thumpy version. Yeah. And it was I was explaining maybe one of the reasons people have got the shits with Adam Goods is because he's rose above his station in life. You know, people don't want to hear from a footballer about what's wrong with their country. Okay, right. Okay. And then, right off the back, oh, the old apartheid, don't mix race and sport. Wow. I've gone, now look, I might joke here and there. But if we're going to start throwing me in and anything I said with Adam Goods as apartheid, remember? Yeah. You know, like, you over there, you don't marry. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> what shit. Uh, do I smell at all at the moment, just to go completely off? Uh, no. I'm, I'm smelling a little bit chickeny. Well, what happened? Yes, you, you're self-conscious about this I'm, chickeny smell. I'm very self-conscious, and I tell you why it is, because for the last few days I've smelt heavily of garlic. And, and it's not because I ate garlic. It's actually because, you know, the ear candles. Remember oh, you? Now, yeah, yeah. we were going to do ear candles a while ago. You chickened out because there were a few comments on our Facebook page from I'm people saying... The, I'm led by the listeners, right? <laughs> I believe... I mean, I know you don't care for listener feedback, but... I really do. <laughs> a lot of people said, oh, the outrage, they're dangerous and horrible. I've been shoving these ear candles in my ears for over a decade. And there is no sign of any personality <laughs> or mental health issue as a result. None at all. It's not like there's tapes and tapes and tapes. <laughs> of me totally nutso. Nothing has gone wrong to date. But the other day, because I've been in Tasmania over the weekend. How many just? Did you bring a map? <laughs> I did bring a map, although I'm getting more familiar with the place, so oh. I'm needing a map less. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Radio. Well, essentially, the only thing you need to know is where the plane's going to land. Yes. And, and what do they call that? <laughs> the landing strip. Okay. <laughs> so I was in Tassie over the weekend, and Tip One O and I bought some ear candles at the shops because... The couple that ear candles together stays together. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And there's nothing weird about lying down on your side with a burning stick of beeswax <laughs> sticking out of your ear. But does one take turns or you both just do it together no, no, going, no. all right, three, two, one, cigarette lighter. Do it together. Head because down for 10 minutes. it goes down to a certain red line. So then 2.0 can watch my red line. I watch his red line. We have a little chat during the thing and then we warn each other. Then we look at each other's earwax. This is, uh, <laughs> this is beautiful. I mean, now, did you introduce him to this practice? Because, uh, geez, he's, he's in a really giving stage at the moment. <laughs> no, he suggested the first time that we did it, he suggested that we should get the ear candle. So while he, I think, to some people in his life, would suggest that I forced him into it, mm-hmm. if truth be told, he was well across the ear candling before I came on the scene. So what, what does one talk about when one has burning wax? All sorts of things, you know, just because, of course, we're in the middle of re- his renovations for this
this place. Just talking skirting boards. Just talking shop, you know, because I did a double coat of the Dulux Tranquil Retreat on the the woodwork of the third bedroom. Okay, and and what, what are the key differences in your wax versus his? Well, you see, we both did quite well because the goal of the ear candle is to get your sort of solid orange wax. doesn't happen very often. Usually it's kind of like a waxy dusting that comes out. But both of us hit the jackpot in the solid orange wax department, which was great. But the thing that I began to talk about at the beginning of this was that for the first time ever, these Tasmanian ear candles came with a little capsule, you know, like a little fish oil tablet, but it was a capsule of garlic oil. And on the instructions it said... Put a drop of this into your ear before you do the ear candle but to season, loosen the wax. Season. Season your ear hole to loosen the wax. And I'm thinking, this is a glorious idea. Why haven't I thought about some kind of ear wax loosener? The only issue was that you pop a capsule of garlic oil and put it into your ear hole. Hmm. My ears and thus my head through the sinusy kind of arrangement that's going on the in knee my bone noggin. Connected to the the knee nose bone. bone. Exactly. I have been emitting garlic fumes from my ear holes for two days. See, I've got to say, I don't smell it, but obviously the fact that it's all connected, perhaps you are smelling the insides of your own ears. But also, dare I say, look, I'm all up for the alternative therapies, wonderful, Mm. but we did sort of make it a fairly long way with this earwax problem. I mean, I don't know of too many people who are dying of earwax cancer. (laughs) That's very true. Like, okay, I understand you want to keep, you know, clean liver, clean bowel, because those can lead to some cankers. Yes. What happens with your ears? I don't know, but I'm one of those people that if you tell me this was an ancient ritual, mm. all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, well, those Hopi Indians were under something. I've got to give this a crack. And the idea of it makes sense to me, drawing out the earwax. You know, you, that sometimes that stuff doesn't clear out all the time. But hang on. You know that in the old days we used to burn witches. These <laughs> days we give them reality shows. <laughs> That's true, but I am now on my. I've done my thirty candle in three days. Oh, hang on, you're hang on. This is getting up there with coffee enema. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Lovey, you know I love keeping an eye on the world of the, the law. Mm. I'm obsessed with it. Caveat emptor, let the do- buyer beware. Let the dog buyer beware. <laughs> no, I had, had a little trip there, but <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> I would have edited that out, but now I've got to leave it in because it won't make sense. <laughs> I quite like it, though. I like the idea that when there was, you know, a pet's world back in the Latin days, they were walking around going, caveat <laughs> roof emptor. <laughs> Like a dog by everywhere. Well, uh, in the same vein, not really, but there we go. Call a segue. Mira <laughs> is reporting today. Groom sues bride for trauma sustained after he sees her bare faced. Oh, is, is this a burka issue? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, how else can you see not see somebody bare face? Okay, well here we oh, go. Oh, you mean with no makeup? There we go. Jeez. Uh... <laughs> Sort of. I've gone straight for the hard you stuff. Went, that's that's you. In that vein, you went for the moonshine. I did. In that vein, did you see that Giselle Bunchen or whatever her name is? I can never pronounce her name, but the very very attractive supermodel yeah. got a boob job and decided that the way she was going to escape the media taking a photo of her was to wear a full burqa to the surgery. <laughs> Of all the things, like just dress up as a ghost or something. Don't play in that hot bed of like, that is just a pool you don't want to dip your toe into. Especially when, look, I, I haven't read the Quran uh, recently, mm. but I don't know if boob jobs are covered by it. <laughs> anyway, back to your story yeah, now that I've gone off into, veered off into the reeds of Burka <laughs> territory, yeah. 
Now, Sorry about that. Okay, apparently, this is just ridiculous. The anonymous man who married his wife in all her finery apparently saw her in his room after the wedding and she and refused to believe that she was the wife because he didn't recognise her without makeup on. How can you marry someone you've never seen in no makeup? Well, this is it. This is bizarre to me. I think that the no makeup setting is an important default setting to get out way early in the piece because here's the hot tip. You are going to be seeing me 99% of the time like this. So get used to it. Correct. But also, look, this guy isn't just trying to get the marriage undone. He's trying to sue for damages, for psychological suffering. Here's some of the key quotes. Now, I want you to think about how ridiculous this is if you actually said this about your damn partner, right? He said she looked very beautiful and attractive before their marriage, but when he woke up in the morning, he was frightened and thought that she was a thief. I mean, how much makeup do you have to be wearing for that person to walk in and say, oh my God, it's a different person. Like this isn't the Mission Impossible style prosthetic that you're putting on. Depends though, if it was the Hey Hey It's Saturday blackface. <laughs> That's true. If you've been wearing nothing but that. From burgers to blackface. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. In keeping with this theme... Mm, of our final podcast. <laughs> of our final podcast. <laughs> um, Not by our choice, by the way. No, exactly. We'll just be... Uh, we'll be wheeled out of here swiftly. There was a story, another story that I, I've seen a bunch of these going around about, you know, celebrities wearing no makeup. Yeah. And Remember when NW, I think, first did this 10 years ago? This was awesome. You yeah. remember like, oh, Cameron Diaz with no makeup. Oh, she's a dog. Exactly. And now you go... Hmm. Whatever, we've seen it before. But the thing that got me about this story was the headline and that was daring celebrities give no makeup selfies how is this behavior daring correct if this is daring then i deserve a bravery award for the my you know going through my daily life because i never wear makeup it is not daring behavior yeah correct it's, it's all of this stuff where but this is the world of the internet where you know everything's the greatest ever or the worst ever and just continuing with the theme of offense here mm. is that there was a very funny meme doing the rounds with um american marines where you know one of them was sort of clearly carrying another guy who'd been very seriously injured and the meme said don't thank us thank the real hero Caitlyn Jenner you know about the whole sort of bravery yes. and all of this stuff that we throw on top of things but as you say I mean you know admittedly they had to change sex not an easy thing to do mm. but stars without makeup brave I mean whatever you know actually I read a good article about that did you watch any of I Am Kate no I saw the first episode and I watched, I read a good article that said it's like the pills that you give your dog in the pal, where the pill is like the important conversation that we need to have about transsexuals and how yeah, there are a lot of people yeah, suffering. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. pal is the sort of fluffy reality TV show that makes it a little bit palatable to swallow the serious conversation because really there's just a couple of serious, and he does go, sheep, sorry, does go out and talk to some people about serious issues, yeah. but then there's all of the fluff of the Kardashians around it that makes it like, mmm, this is delicious. But is it also sort of, is, is it her trying on dresses? Is it her sort of, is it all of that sort of like, oh, I get to live the, the, the finery and fluffery? It is a little bit, but it's also like, uh, and I will say, she is a pretty woman. I don't disagree. She is really, really attractive. There was one photo I saw of her where she was on stage at some event, smiling off into the corner, and I was like, wow, she is like proper pretty. But also, she has like a hairstylist mm-hmm. and a makeup artist and 
there's a lot of people that aren't that lucky. But the one that shoots me, though, is when she got the ESPY Award. The Arthur Ashe, you know, was an inspirational sports award. Yeah. But basically, it was a deal to get her over the line to do the initial interview with Diane Sawyer. So basically, long story short, is that uh, ABC in America is owned by Disney and the same company owns... ESPN. So ABC does the one-on-one interview with Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner. And then the ESPYs, which is the award show of ESPN, gives Caitlyn Jenner a Your Inspirational Award. So it was all part of the deal. So she of, knew she was getting the award. It was brokered. It was apparently, according to one of those, those uh, um, sort of insider sites, it was a deal, like the same way we pay people for stories, to go on 60 Minutes. This is what they did. What are your thoughts about finding out about an award before you've won it? In in the industry of radio, it happens a fair bit to get certain stars to oh. actually turn up to award ceremonies by giving them the quiet, you've won the award, oh. it'd be best if you turned up. This is the th- exactly. And also, you can tell who's going to win because they're in the room or not. Exactly. Going, Geez, they haven't been in for three years. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what's about to happen. The whole point of getting an award is the element of surprise. But also, the, the ones where you have to nominate yourself. Those are also the ones that I always feel a bit creepy. Like the radio awards work like that. Some TV awards work like that where you've got to put your hand up and say, Mm. here's an example of my best work. Mm. Now, I I know that in the world of awards, they're not just supposed to be sitting around looking in all crevices everywhere. But it does take some of the shine off it when you had to edit the entry. Yeah, it does. I, I think that any of those kind of things where you have to put yourself up for an award, always, for me, I find quite difficult. I remember working with somebody who came into the office of one of the people I was working for and said, could you please submit me for the Clio Bachelor of the Year? stop it. Stop it. (laughs) There is a moment when you're going into somebody and saying, could you go and suggest that I'm a really good catch to the makers of, you know, to the good people at Clio? You can have a moment where you think, geez, this is a bit sad, isn't it? Okay, now look, I'm going to build a cat for you. This story is about Agro the puppet. Okay. That was me saying it was Uh, him. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me a story. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. How long do you push it when it comes to off milk? Oh, I've been so conditioned. Back in the bachelor days, I, I could have pushed it for two, three days. Now, there's warning lights the day before. See, the I day know before. last podcast we talked about how Shani's a bit of a used-by-date cop, yeah. and that's a good thing health-wise. But this morning, uh, I got up early to do the Today Show. I you know, made my breakfast, which, let's be honest, is a bit of a faff sure. about. <laughs> it's a bit of a chore. Think of an oil tanker turning. <laughs> There's a lot of moving parts oh, to my breakfast. It's, it's like, okay, think of a Swiss watch that Swiss watch makers are impressed by there's, for its complexity, and that's a Rache Corbet <laughs> breakfast. There's, I mean, I've got to defrost the blueberries. Oh. I've got to get the LSA. I've got to get the flaked almonds, the sun, linseed sunflower seeds oh, and almonds sorry. all mixed up sorry. into a meal. Wow. I've got to get the quinoa, which are pre-cooked. I mean, it is an assembly operation at home. That takes a touch of time. Now, What's wrong with toast? <laughs> it's, it's gluten-y. Yeah, but can't you get that non-gluten toast? I can, but it's just unsatisfying. They're the size of a postage stamp. You what? know, it's like a Melba toast. I'll give you the t- I'll give you the tip about what is more satisfying. So perhaps whatever you lose on that, you can make up for with a thing called sleep. <laughs> 
That's by true. not getting up at quarter to four to punch out yesterday's quinoa. I have a thing, though, about making sure that I always have an hour between leaving and getting up. I have to have the full breakfast. It doesn't matter how early I have to leave. I have to have the full breakfast and the pot of tea. Yep. Before I'm able to move on. So understanding that and the you know steps that we go to to get a breakfast bowl in front of me, I sat down to eat my breakfast this morning and I poured the rice milk into the concoction and I took the first bite and it was fairly clear to me that it was pretty much... On the turn. Yeah, it was a game over. There was a little tang. There there's, was... that little, there's that little sort of grey look about the milk. Yeah. There was a touch of a tang there. Not enough to sort of make you, you know, vomit back up, but enough to make you aware that you are currently, you know, drinking off milk. However... The time was of the essence and the elements oh. of the moving parts had been so much so that I just... Push through. You don't just plow on. <laughs> so, how many days over was it? Well, it wasn't the days over. It was just the taste because the long life stuff mm. uh, that I get. Oh, did you get that uhu or whatever? Yeah, but the, because all of the rice milk and the soy milk comes in those, so I just buy a bunch like a you know doomsday hoarder and put it in the cupboard, <laughs> and then I'm never short of milk, so I just whip it out and open. It. And of course, you're supposed to eat it with drink it within a week. But I was in Tassie for six days, mm. so I haven't quite made the cutoff. So hang on, so this could could have been three week old hoarder milk. Yeah, it at the very least would have been a month in my cupboard, but it's not off until next year if you keep it in the cupboard. Oh, of course. But it's probably been open in my fridge for about three weeks. Why? But Why? you should see how long it lasts, P. Murray. This yeah, stu- yeah, apparently way past its use by This day. stuff is very impressive. and I've gone away for two weeks at a time and come back and the soy milk's still delicious. But okay, I'm worried about you. You're pouring garlic in your ears. <laughs> You're drinking old milk. I'm having a tough time. You're winking. I mean, what's going on with you? I know, I know. I, I, I have pushed myself to the limits of sort of sanity in some regards. But you're beautiful. Oh, thanks very much. But As I, James Blunt once said. <laughs> Why are you quoting James Blunt these days? I don't know. <laughs> was he the one? You're yeah. beautiful. No, he was the one. Right, he the was one the... with the semi by the sea. The semi by the sea. It wasn't a thing. We're well, three wise men. The semi by the sea. I thought you meant he had like a half bar by the sea I somewhere. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, have you seen the new uh, Mission Impossible? Yes. You have? I have. How? Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. When have we ever had a conversation about a film where the answer to have you seen it from me has been yes? Plus, we throw on, you've seen, I haven't seen this movie yet. Oh, my God. You are way out in front. No. Is it any good? It is quite good. Yes. What is Tom Cruise taking? What kind of fish oil, glucosamine, you know, whatever that, what's Mm. that stuff you have in your face? Collagen. Collagen. Injection. Is he doing? Because he looks very, very good. Good for his age. Perhaps it's in the in the bylaws of uh, you know, the bylaws of Scientology, where somebody has to sacrifice years of their own life to Tom. Like everyone donates. Perhaps. Like in other things, it's ten percent of your of, of your of wages your in Scientology. Mm. I'll give Tom Cruise five good years of my life so he can keep looking like. I will give him my youthful exuberance. Correct. Now, w- were you particularly taken away by the fact that he did all the stunts? I didn't know that. Like apparently, you know, the, the plane that takes off at the start, how he's holding on to the side of the of the of the plane yeah 
that was actually him. No CGI, no stunt guy. It was him literally strapped to the side of a bloody Hercules or whatever it was. So what did they do? Because they couldn't have taken off very far. It's a plane and it's him hanging off the edge of it. I suppose, though, when you've done films and you've done these kind of action films for a long time, you know, things that used to be exciting are no longer exciting anymore. So you've got to kind of push yourself to the edge and keep trying and trying. And each time you've just got to one-up yourself until eventually, what is he going to do next? Well, I do do love also that, given that they're under film 95 mm. and they're just constantly searching for new places where they haven't been remember the second one they were in Australia but Morocco I think is what gets a run this time yes they are in Morocco kind of running out of joints if how Morocco many, becomes the hardcore place how many films have they had though now are we up to five six six, six. it feels like six I was sitting there watching that film and when the music started I had a flashback to me watching what I assume was the first one yeah. and that was when I was in England on a choir tour when I was 15 well, no, it was a TV show yeah dun, no but dun, it was the dun. movie I'm really? sure yeah What? let's find out the date of the first one okay we're all going to hear Rachel realise how old she is and that it was the television <laughs> show here we go it's 1996. You were on a choir tour in 1996? I was on a choir tour in 1996, so that would have been si- I would have been 16 now at I've the time. Now I've just realised how old I am. I remember the TV <laughs> show. <laughs> F*** you, this was meant to be on you. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. But I mentioned Tom Cruise, Rach, because... Mm. Um, well, surprise, surprise. There are two subjects you are not allowed to ask Tom Cruise if you sit down for an interview. One is, tell us about your love life, and two... Scientology. Naturally. What is there left to ask Tom Cruise about? <laughs> That's very true. Like, in all honesty, okay, once we get out of the way, what was it like to hold on to the side of the plane? Yep, great, 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 great. But this is what, and we've touched on this a few times in the potty, but this is what really shits me about the celebrity interview. Now, obviously, they're, they're there to flog a product. They're not necessarily there to sort of, you know, uh, um, be put through their paces. But it does shit me when the most obvious thing about someone is the thing you're not allowed to ask and everyone agrees. Mm. If that's the case, just don't go on the interview tour. Correct. You know, because that's the only thing anybody cares about. And then there is this sense of indignation uh, about being asked something so private and personal. You know, but here's the trick. You're in the business of showbiz. You know, unfortunately, though it is not applaudable, this is what people are interested in and this is what people want to no. But it's that thing where, and you know, is that I think the celebrity interview it only works if you're sort of the only people talking to them. But if Tom Cruise comes to town and he's on every breakfast show, on every TV show, then it's just, it's essentially the entire media just goes bum in the air and says, whatever you want. I think the only way a celebrity interview works is if you are someone that the celebrity reveres. Yeah. If you're a Michael Parkinson or a David Letterman or even, you know, a Jimmy Kimmel or somebody that's like on par in the celebrity status, there is a sense of that celebrity wanting to impress you just as much as you want to impress them. If your old mate from hot whatever it is on in whatever regional town yeah. lining up at the Intercontinental in Sydney for your crack at two and a half minutes with Tom Cruise, good luck, good luck getting anything other than the stock standard answers from a press release and a shit ton of contempt. Correct. <laughs> want to stay in touch? Head to the website paulandrach.com.au 
Oh, I've got a regional radio man update from the wilds of Tasmania. Oh, let's talk. You know, last time I was telling you about the ton of wood that was given away on the Hobart radio station <laughs> that I've been listening to while painting Tranquil Retreat on the walls of 2.0's house. Beautiful. This time, there's a few things that I've heard in my time listening to Hobart radio. Uh, the first <laughs> is that, you know, the, the meet and greet, which is, you know, often something that happens in radio stations, more so in regional towns. We're going to be at the car yard. Come say good day. Exactly. They- Friday drinks. Friday drinks. Remember they used to do the Friday drinks things? Yes. I remember the favourite ad I ever heard was on Launceston Radio, which was, Lingerie is the perfect gift this Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is some magical, magical radio happening in Tasmania. But the the meet and greet that they were doing, because quite often, you know, they'll go out, like you said, Friday drinks. It happens sometimes in your capital city radio Mm. stations, but it's usually for a much bigger event. So you're usually going to see Lenny Kravitz play and then you can come and say hi. With us. With us, exactly. Um, But in, in Hobart, on the radio station I was listening to, they were just wrapping up the breakfast show at night. 9am to whip out for their meet and greet where they were meeting people at 9.30 in the morning at the BWS. (laughs) Get on the can. Come down to the BWS and say hi at 9.30 in the morning because everybody goes to the bottle shop before noon. That is ridiculous. I mean, you know what those things... I didn't even realise they were open that I know. Early. The other thing that I heard was that in between songs, they were talking about how um, a tabby cat called Billy was out on the loose and if anybody oh. could call the station. <laughs> Something I like about it. Only if it's resolved. If it's just them for three hours and nothing happens. That's sad for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Did they find it? No, they didn't find the tabby uh. cat. Although, to be honest, I lost interest about after about 15 minutes. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, some of the most well-meaning people in the world don't realise they're sort of dicks. Little eight-year-old girl from Oklahoma City can do all sorts of things. She's involved in gym, swimming. She's a very active little girl. But she went to her local uh, fun park and they said, sorry, you're not allowed. Oh, why? Too she, short? Um, oh, in one leg. She has a prosthetic leg. Oh, no. And they said, no, 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 because... We don't want to be held legally responsible for scratching your prosthetic leg. What? I would have thought the bigger worry would be if she went on, you know, a ride and the leg came off and it became a missile. That's what I thought you were going to say. If some other child gets hurt by a hurtling prosthetic leg. No, the worry is, in Oklahoma, was they don't want to scratch it. But this poor little eight-year-old girl. Now, I don't know how this works, but presumably, once the kid or adult is sitting down, you can whack the leg off, bang, put it down on the side of the, uh, you know, the, the little waiting area. You go around in a thing. And then put it back on at the end. But also, you're a kid, right? I understand that, you know, there are obvious disadvantages to having a prosthetic limb. However, there are some wonderful advantages as well because you think as a kid, how many times you're banging yourself around, whacking yourself on things, running into things, getting cuts, scrapes. A prosthetic leg does not bruise. It does not cut and bleed. You cannot break your prosthetic leg. If you do, it doesn't hurt you. I would have thought that this would have been more reason to just as a kid just go gung-ho into life going, what am I talking about? I can't break my leg. It's already off. What's the worst that can happen? (laughs) That was always my attitude. Once I lost my big toe, Mm. you know, I've been to hospital. I've had something cut off. So when somebody's a little bit worried because they, you know, the handlebars are wobbly and they're going to get a scratch, go, (laughs) grow up. Who cares? But this this was my great problem. I've never broken a bone. I've been in the hospital once for a hernia operation. You've which broken was... a lot of hearts. Though. 
<laughs> I have made up for it with that, that is for sure. Oh, uh, I say that, but truly, I've had my heart broken. Oh, um, hey, hey, do you want me to write on the plaster cast? <laughs> you just come to work. my heart. Just going, mm, get better, Rach. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. I had to bring up Tasmania again. Mm. Clearly, hey, hey. it's been around for thousands of years and I'm just discovering it. <laughs> I, I think it's wonderful. I think it's beautiful. You know what I experienced when I was on that tiny little island? Is... Did you experience heaven? <laughs> I certainly did. If heaven Show is... Show me here. Backseat of my Cadillac. <laughs> Won't you take me there? If heaven is full service at a petrol station. Yes. You know, I found that there's one about five k's from here. There's a place you roll in, ding, ding. Oh, no, no, ma'am, let me put the petrol in the tank. Here is an indication of what has happened in society and how the way that things have gone have actually impacted us in a negative way. I pulled up to the pump. The guy came out and I was genuinely terrified. Oh, my God, they're going to charge me more. I didn't want to go to the full service pump. I jumped out of the car. I said, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean to ask for full service. I can do it myself. And he's like, you can do it yourself, but I'm more than happy to do it for you. We, we offer the service here. And I'm thinking to myself, what are they scamming me on? What Are they going to drop another 10% on it? What am I going to have to pay for? Where right. is the candid camera? What's going on? You th- you've got this level of distrust yeah. that is so far. I mean, you are so irrational and illogical about everything. And then eventually when I came down off the, you know, perilous high that I was on, just freaking out about everything and realised, oh, no, 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 he's just being nice and this is what used to happen. Yeah, this is, this is their business. This is how business used to work at the petrol station. They would fill you up, you would pay what the amount of the petrol was because that was their job mm. and then that was it. And they've got all of those old sort of, you know, all the old uh, BP sort of oil cans. Mm. They'll, you know, check your, check your dipstick. All of just lovely little things. He was saying he would check my water and my windscreen wipers if I wanted to. I'm like, hang on a second, I am getting what usually mm. costs me potentially 450 dollars at the mechanics because god knows i can never go in there and ask them to change my windscreen wiper fluid without all of a sudden realizing that i need an entirely new engine or yeah, something sorry love oh there's yeah. a lot of rust in these uh, <laughs> and i noticed your uh oh that needs balancing hang on you actually didn't use a word yeah i know i just uh please pay. want to stay in touch head to the website paulandrach.com.au Rachie, we love a good subculture. Mm. Just a little world full of experts that, you know, you don't know much about, but by the end of spending a couple of hours with them, you are fully a member of the club. Can I tell you what I did on the weekend? Please. Went to a thing called All Holden Day. Now, I've done this a couple of times before, but I've only gone to the swap meet part of this. Now, it is a collection of Holden owners, and as you would expect, a bunch of people there with trestle tables saying, would you like a spring from a 1964 this, that and the other? Is there any swapping about it? Is it an old school barter system? System, or is it just a call to swap meet, but you pay for what they have out on their table? Correct. It's so it's ma- basically just a market. Correct. Ma- <laughs> yeah, a market, garage sale, all the rest of it. Right. A lot of weird things that have nothing to do with automotive products get thrown in there, like uh, kids' nappies. I don't know why I need cloth nappies from there, but anyway. I really like when people do their yearly spring clean at a swap meet. You know, they think, here's all the stuff that we bought that we haven't used. Let's just shove it on a trestle table and see if someone will pay 50 cents for it. Correct. But I went back on Sunday this year where there wasn't just the swap meet, and I'm going to call it what they call it. You can just respect them if you want. You can just, from your high on... It's the the market. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the, uh, the market was there, but also it was the day where 
300 people brought their cars and were showing them off. Like all the cars from the 40s right through to now. Wow. And I'm not mechanical. So it's the thing where I love the cars for their aesthetic. I love the cars for what they represent. I love Holden because of its Australianness. But just having a chat with these people about how long. And the only thing I could think about while I was enjoying going from this car to this car to this car, thinking these guys really don't like talking to their wives. Because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of weekends. <laughs> a lot of weekends spent, yeah, you don't know, right, doll. Shh. I'm what's, doing this. What's the swagger like of the individual with the creme de la creme top of the tree car? Is there sort of one or two that everybody's like, wow, look at Jim and his yeah. insert model and make him? <laughs> <laughs> Generally, the people, the people who would be most revered would be the ones who would just have the most muscled up, shiny sort of, and there they can be a little bit of good old-fashioned cashed-up bogan. Newer cars are more impressive than your older... No, so say something from the 60s or 70s. Right. Something really just revved up and cool. But the ones who I love... And there's actually not a lot of douche. There's either... Oh, there's, like, if, they, if there's new money, it's going to go yeah. loud and noisy. But the ones who are awesome, the lovely blokes who just get around in a pair of uh, old jeans, old pair of pants, old jumper, and all over it is a collection of either a bit of grease, a bit of paint. Like, they're weekends. In the mm. same way that, you know, a face tells a story... Ah. Of every scar, every, 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 you know, their pants, their duds, their look yeah. is, you know what? I don't need to get dressed up because I'm going to get dirty. You know what I, I love, love is anybody who has an area of expertise. It doesn't matter what it is, but their interest and their focus is on that niche mm. area. I went into, and you're going to stick with me because there is a link here, Harvey Norman on the weekend. Okay. <laughs> the craftsman. The craftsman who put together the sandwich makers. So I went into Harvey Norman because... 2.0 and I were looking for flooring that is in half of his house that the dodgy builder just cut off at one point and stuck lino down. And, of course, now you've got to try and match it to get the rest of it. Brilliant. So we've gone into Harvey Norman into the flooring department and we've walked up with this tiny section of flooring and an old guy behind the counter who's clearly been there back when the days when everybody... Back when it was Norman Ross. Exactly. Back when everybody shopped this way. Nobody shopped online no. anymore. You know, there wasn't your big Bunnings or the big guys. You know, um, if people came the in... Guys. The big guys. The big guys. Channing Taylor is now selling microwaves. But clearly, you know, he's, you know, he knows his stuff. And we've walked up and approached him with this tiny sliver of floor. And he's sort of gone, God, International Oak, I've sold a few of them in my time. Australia. Australia, right? And I'm thinking, you, sir, I already want to sit down and chat to you. And he looks at it, he turns it over. He looks at the other side, he goes, God, the stories I could tell. We don't stock it anymore, though. You know where you should go? And just gave us, a, like, knew his stuff, yeah, knew where gone. to go. You know, then you go to the next place that he suggests, and it's some pimply 16-year-old kid who's there on the $100 weekends. $100 per square foot. <laughs> exactly. Has no idea about anything, mm. no idea what it is, has never, you know, look. is looking <laughs> madly through the catalogue yeah, to yeah. work out what you're talking about, then can't give you any indication of where to go. But old mate with his international, I swear to God, God, hmm. he almost had a tear in his eye. This is what I say. When you have the choice of a new hooker versus an old one. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. There was an article written today about how it's time to end the hens and bucks parties. Oh, controversial. Controversial. I'm about I'm, to go to Vegas for a bucks week. I know you are, and your dear friend listens to this podcast, so we'll leave that aside and focus on me. <laughs> 
I am bang on board with this. I mean, bucks parties are another thing because, you know, standing around and watching strippers is kind of a fun thing for blokes. I don't mind. Kinda. Well, it is a fun thing for blokes. Thank you. But I've been to a couple of hen's nights where it's literally just a bunch of people standing around going, are we drunk enough yet? Should we do shots now? And then the stripper comes out and it's some sweaty, out-of-work actor who's just unimpressive. It's Lou from Neighbours. It's (laughs) Lou from Neighbours. Lou from Neighbours just out there. Just swinging in a sock. <laughs> he's just every, oh, I don't know if he's still in the show, but imagine just Lou. <laughs> it's just sad, and un, you know. And then you see those women on, you know, with their bits of road material mm. with dicks hanging off. Oh. Just, like it's and, and this idea of okay, guys, it's my last night of freedom. If you genuinely think that, you should not I, be getting married. I agree <laughs> completely. I agree completely. Also, the thing is, is that you know, Bucks days don't do this, but it's the sash. You know, the yeah. the sash that you see a lot of these hens nights getting around. You know, I'm the bride. Uh, I thought sashes were for two things. Horses that win or clean toots. <laughs> Other than that, what are you doing? Keep the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Rach, I think everyone has a number. That number in their head is the, okay, if I won it, inherited it, earned it, whatever. This is the amount of money where I quit. I quit life, I go, I hang out, I, I'm off with my mates to, you know, Tassie. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. This guy may have a slightly low number. <sighs> A slightly low number before he turned to his boss and said, you know what, you can piss off. What was it? $362,000. Oh, wow. Now, let's not pretend that's not, uh, you know. That's nothing to be sneezed at. That's a good amount of cash. And admittedly, he did work at McDonald's, so there's a good chance that, you know, Mm -hmm. this was going to go a long way. But I'll give you the tip. It ain't going to last that long. I get that $300,000 is a huge amount of money, and it is life-changing if you do the right things with it. You know, you can... But wouldn't you just... I mean, you know, obviously, you might keep 50 grand for some fun. Yeah. But then the rest, you just put in a bank account that says, I can't touch this for 20 years. Yes. You can, Nothing. You can be smart enough about it. You could but buy Apple stock. You could buy one Apple share. That's it. With that money. But you see all those stories of people who win oh. even a million dollars and then don't realise just how quickly that million dollars can be spent when you're buying things like 47 jet skis Correct. and a new, you know, Lamborghini. Well, and the thing nobody ever puts two and two together on. Oh, I'm going to buy a massive new house. There's a thing called rates, <laughs> land tax. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, no, look, this is when you get a bit boring. Yeah. But still, you've got to pay the power bill. The other end of that spectrum, though, and something that fascinates me time and time again when I hear these stories and something that I just think has been going on for a long time and I can't believe that that there aren't enough measures in place to prevent this happening is US sports stars mm. who end up broke. That guy who's got the job at Starbucks because he spent all of his $100 million. But is there, okay, let's imagine you went absolutely batshit crazy, maybe $20 million. So, okay, you think Even about it. Even that I'm, would be tough. No, I know, but think about it. You go, all right, I'm going to buy this house for $2 million. I'm going to buy this boat for $1 million. Okay, yeah. radio. But surely at some point, even if you're spending like a drunken sailor, there's that little bit of you that starts to feel guilty when you're down to your last $25 million. It's like, you know, the person who needs to be craned out of their house. Correct. You know, it didn't get to a point at maybe like 150 yeah. kilos where you thought, I'm going yeah. downhill I, quick. I don't feel sorry for you when <laughs> yeah. you have cleaned 
hand out a hundred million. <laughs> yeah. If it's... you're down to your last two million and, and because you gave it to some dodgy financier, mm. or often what happens with the American footballers is every idiot comes out of the woodwork and that's fine that they come out of the woodwork, but why do you pay them? And this is why great. Why do you give them anything? There are some articles. There was a story that came out a little while ago that detailed sports stars that had managed to go through all of their money. The issue with the entourage is that if you are stupid enough to pay the entourage to stick around and mooch off you, then you deserve everything that you've got coming to you. This article listed some of these things that some of the basketball players, Mm. there was one guy who had a weekly booking at TGIF, you know, thank God it's Fridays, which is basically like the hog's breath cafe for him and something like 16 of his mates. And he would pay $30,000 at these dinners at the Hog's Breath Cafe once for 16 mates. See, I know this, you know, I know sort of in, in, in a lot of popular music these days, mm. you know, to have the cash, to have the, you know, the bling, the flash, all of this is part of the, the life. Yeah, but the, the but lyrics surely. aren't buffalo wings and cheese fries. Like, oh, <laughs> show me your dipping sauce. Yeah, yeah. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. I read some really, really happy news today, and that is that. Only 30-odd thousand people bought Kim Kardashian's selfie book. They thought this was going to go bunter, and it has done absolutely nothing. But hang on, wouldn't presumably, this is a selfie book of stuff that she has already put on Instagram? Yeah. Yep. So I could get it for free, yeah. but I'm somehow going to pay yep. to then put it in the middle of my house to tell everyone I'm a f-ing idiot. Yeah, exactly. The only thing that's good about it is that, you know, quite often uh, the reviews of things on Amazon will be quite interesting. I- I- do yourself a favour and go and have a look at the Veet hair removal uh, ones, <laughs> especially for blokes. They are quite good. Some of the Amazon comments from this one is, I've never been a fan of banning books, but I would throw in a red star cap and live in a commune to get this thing off the streets uh it's it's a little uncomfortable but doesn't leave pieces behind when you go to wipe like other generic brand toilet paper um i can recommend the audio version of this book it lasts 37 (laughs) seconds the narrator basically says on this page we have an idiot and her cleavage looking into the camera 500 times (laughs) get the guys up on the paul and rage facebook page Incidentally, speaking of cleavage, did you see on, on one of those, uh, I don't know, which of the 7,000 opinion sites that are run around on the internet these mm. days, but there was this great article. I was fascinated by it because it got me thinking about should big-breasted women cover up at work? The idea being that if you've got big bourgeoisie, yep. you should dress them down because blokes will look. But my thing is... I tend to agree. Okay. See, the difficulty I have here, though, is that I go, if I see boobs in the wild, I'm going to notice them. Mm. I like them. I go, okay, cool. I'm a heterosexual male. I like boobs. But I also don't think just because I see them, I get to go... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So there is a level of respect versus how much you get them out. But you know you see some of those women who... The V is down to the snail trail. You know, it's like they have so low cut that they are clearly sending a message to everybody in the office. But here's the thing. Are they sending a message to the blokes in the office 
or the women. I think in it's the a little office. from column A, a little from column B. Mate, come on, pick a column. I no, I think that there's a touch of the. I know that these assets are going to kind of work in my favour in the men's department, but I also think there's a bit of I'm working what I've got to the women. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think if you've got big boobs, you should be wandering around in turtlenecks all the time. Well, this is the thing. I don't want to get 1950s here, but if if I had to make a value judgment about clothing in the workplace for blokes, it's the blokes who decide to wear the ultra tight shirts. Oh yeah. That that's always a bit ridiculous. Yes. And I suppose for the ladies, if they're wearing a skirt, and they don't have to, obviously, mm. no, it ain't Lawsy's office, <laughs> is that you know, how short it is. Yeah. So if you turn up to work in those super silly shorts, then I'm not really going to think, well, here's a thorough professional who's walked in the door. This is it. There are a few girls that I've worked with in the past who genuinely look like they're off to a nightclub. Exactly. And it's a day of work. And I'm thinking, Thank you've you. got to sit down at your desk all day. Like, your desk, your job is a desk job. But see, this, this was the whole thing of the article. This is what's got my head twisting, which is, look, if you want to dress sexy because it makes you feel good, then it's it's up to me to not react mm. quite correctly, right? I don't yes. want to get into all, you know, uncovered meat territory here. Yes. But, but at the same time, it's a bit hard not to react. Even as a woman, if you're prancing around with your bubblers out, I'm not attracted to those things, but I can't help but have a little bit of a stare down the gaping chasm. Well, this is all I want to say, is that if a yellow Ferrari pulls up beside you with a set of lights <laughs> yeah. and has got an extra exhaust and go... <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to turn my head. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Sadly, we come to an end of another potty. Thank you very much for listening to us. Five stars in iTunes. Say hi to your mum for us. Ah, oh, still in Roseline. <laughs> oh, he stole so much from Conan, I thought, why not? <laughs> uh, it's time for story time. Safe word for today, P. Mazzarino. Is... Cruise. Cruise, ah, in honour of Tom Cruise. All right, today's story is called Good Cruise God. Oh, it's always good when the safe word is in, in the, title. the title. When I was in uni, I had the hots for this super sexy woman named Kelly. The only problem was that she was religious and didn't want to have sex before marriage. Oh dear. oh, dear. Oh, dear. That didn't stop me from trying. Oh, dear. Please let there be consent in this. Though, and one <laughs> night I got further than I ever thought possible. One cheapo Wednesday evening, we hit the town and got drunker than usual. It wasn't long until I lost all of my friends except Kelly, who I was heavily grinding against on the dance floor. That's always a winner. Oh. She didn't seem to mind and was rubbing back against my <laughs> cruise. Before oh. long, she grabbed my hand and took me to the dinner nightclub toilets where we entered a cubicle and started making out. Things escalated pretty quickly and soon this churchy girl was cruising and cruising my cruise better than... Cruising (laughs) me, baby! (laughs) Better than ever before. How was this girl such a good cruiser when she never put out? I felt the cruise cruising from every inch of my body and (laughs) rushing to the... Cruise, cruise, cruise. (laughs) I was pretty pissed though, so I didn't think I was about to cruise or anything. After a solid 15 minute cruise, Kelly undid her button up top and released her, I've got to say this, swinging milk wagons. (laughs) She then grabbed my cruise and placed it between her jugs, cruising me. Cruise, 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 cruise. I was in heaven if I wasn't going to cruise from her cruise skills. I was definitely now. Her cruising became faster and my cruising got... <laughs> until I cruised all over a beautiful... Oh, no! You can't say all over. 
I never did get to cruise her, but that was definitely the next best thing. <laughs> oh, yucky. See you next week. Bye-bye. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Oh, I've met Yeah, yeah.